If I told you my story, you would hear hope. They wouldn't let go. And if I told you my story, you would hear love that never gave up. And if I told you my story, you would hear life, but it wasn't mine. If I Congratulations. And for those that were water baptized, we have your certificates at the Information Center. You can pick that up right after service. But it's so exciting to see when lives are being changed by the Lord. I remember when I was baptized, it's like things began to slowly unravel, not just in my life for the good, but it also gave me a clearer picture of who God was. As the Bible said, as the Bible says, something of righteousness takes place when we're water baptized. So congratulations to you. And thank you for those who are down there supporting those who are being baptized. It's such a wonderful season. Thanksgiving is coming up on Thursday. So I, I pray that you would have a great time with your family. And uh, some of you uh, might be working. So we're praying for you because some of you are dreading that. But we're thankful for those who are working on Thanksgiving because you serve the community so well. And so we're praying that God would fill you with the power of, power of his love. So that's what we're going to talk about today. You can take out your bulletin. We're actually in a break between our series. Our next series coming up is called Life in the Desert. Have you ever felt like life was like a desert? Well, God can bring life even through the desert times. And we're going to kick that off in about two weeks. But today, the power of God's love, power of love. We use that word love so often. We watch a TV show and we say, oh, I love this show. 
We see a movie and we say, I love this movie. Uh, we see people and you say, oh, I love that guy. He's such a good man. And, or, or you say that to your children, I love you. Uh, when they do things well, you say, mommy loves you. When they do things not so well, we still say we love them, right? Yeah, we do. But sometimes we use the word love in just a kind of throw around way. We say, oh, love those shoes. Like we're using the same word for shoes that we do with a loved one. Or we say, oh, I love fishing. And you say, I love you to your wife. Like we put the word love in the same category. And there are actually different meanings to the word love. But the word love that we're going to talk about today is not the love that we just throw around to explain a feeling that we may have. In fact, this word love that we're going to talk about is the power behind this word. And where that power comes from, it's the power of God's love. But let's just do a, a quick, um, just a quick way to understand a little bit about this word love. So uh, put yourself in this scenario, okay? You're eating at a restaurant, and someone pays for your meal. Is it because they have a lot of money? No. That's the power of love. Yeah. It's the power of love. Your husband comes home from a hard day's work and notices that you are very, very tired. And he takes it upon himself to cook dinner, clean up after dinner, wash the dishes, even give you a neck massage. Now, is... Is that insane or what? No. That's the power of love. Right. It's the power of love. Your wife asked you to go to the store. It's pouring helo rain. But you go anyway. Then when you get back from the store, you are soaked and wet. And she says, I'm so sorry. I forgot to tell you to pick up eggs. Can you go back? And without hesitation, you go. Are you insane as a husband? No. That's the power, power of love. Yeah. So you tell your son or your daughter to wash the dishes, and you only say it one time. They get up from what they're doing, put down their phone, drop everything, and smile as they walk past you, but they also give you a hug and say, you are the best parent in the world. Is something wrong with your child? No. That's the power of love. Yeah. It's the power of love. See, we, we see love in a different way. We kind of throw it around, but there's a power behind love. Now, I want to illustrate it in this way. We have some tools up here. I'm just going to be gone for a moment. Okay, we, this is a, call it a chop saw, right? Okay, we have this, and it works. So be careful. Don't, don't come near. Okay, so we also have this. We have a screwdriver right here. I'll just put this right here. It's a screwdriver. Uh, I also have a... A drill, got that one. Uh, I have a saw right here. And I have this drill. And then I have a couple other screwdrivers and some drills. So we just put over here, just in case I need it. Okay, so let's just say you have to, oh, excuse me, I gotta get some screws. Hang on, I'll be right back. Okay, a couple of screws on here. I got some screws. So let's just say you wanna screw this into this piece of wood. Now, you can take this screwdriver and try and screw it in. And it may take a while too big, this screwdriver. Or you can take this, or you can take this. This is called a Yankee. So this one has a little bit more power. 
Let me just see how it works. Oh, it's brilliant. So good. I'd rather not use this. I'd rather use this. More easy that one. Okay, so you can either use this, this. Where did you go? Oh, right here. Or this, right? So there are times when you're going to use this. It calls for it. But if you're doing a major project, you want to use this because there's more power. So let's just say you want to drill. I got this old school drill. I love this. Such a good toy. So you can do this. Remember this in wood shop? <laughs> that was a 19-year-old. Or you can use this. Now this guy, dead this battery. This has no more power. This one has no power. Or you can use this saw and saw. I feel like an infomercial. We should be black and white right now. Or you can use this. And that will cut a whole lot quicker. Can we just get this out of the way before I get hurt? So you, you, can, have, you can have tools that is by your own power, right? You, you can do that. And sometimes it'll call for it. Or you can use tools. Make sure you unplug it first before you move it. That way you don't cut your finger off and I get blamed for it. Okay, thank you. We do have prayer, though, in case you do get hurt. Okay. You can either use your, your own power or you can use power from something else. And that's the power of God's love. Sometimes we'll use our own power. You know what I mean? We'll, we'll try our very best to make things work out. Last night, uh, so we had this problem with rats in our car hoods because it's warm. So they come out at night and they sleep in your engine. So some of you might be having that problems right now. Some of you are sick to your stomach because I mentioned a rat. So we had this thing. So we had to clean out the whole engine and things like that. So now we need to park our cars in a certain area so that they don't come back and we have to, you know, take care of them and get them out. So last night while I'm getting ready for this morning, uh, Heidi asks me to park the cars in a certain place in a certain way. So I hear one thing. So I park the cars. I'm done, ready to come in the house. She comes outside and says, oh, I wanted you to park the cars differently so that the light could be on so that they don't come around. And I said, okay, but I was thinking if I need to get up in the morning and it's raining, I don't want to get wet getting to the car. And then she said, but if you have it this way, then it's, you know, all the trouble we went through, we're not going to have to go through because now the rats are not going to go to the cars. And then I said, just tell me how you want me to park the cars and I'll park them that way. He said, yeah, because I was thinking about, I said, no need to explain. Just tell me how you want the cars to be parked. Exactly. And I just parked them that way. So inside I'm boiling. I am boiling on the inside because I'm right, she's wrong. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, you don't know what you're talking about, Heidi. So I, that's what's going on in my heart. And then <laughs> God says, what are you talking about tomorrow? Mm, the power of love. So I had to switch from trying to do things my own way to, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And he says, I want you to show her the power of love. And the power of love overrides my pride. His love overrides my pride. So 
I said, okay, so how do you want it? So she explained it to me. So I got into the cars and moved it around and then put it back and got it ready. And then she said, thank you so much. And I said, no problem, no problem. And so as I was going in the house, it dawned on me that if I'm not thinking about it, I will automatically revert back to the way I think love is displayed. Now, it's not necessarily a right or wrong, although in some cases, we're, that's what we're fighting about. It's a I'm right, you're wrong, or my way is better than your way kind of thing. The power of God's love has nothing to do with right or wrong. It has to do with a power that comes in regardless of who's right and who's wrong. And the power of God's love does something that nothing else can do. It's a power that comes from God. It's a different kind of power. It's not a strength that we have on our own. It's a strength that comes from him. Let's look at our notes in the book of Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of what? And? And? Discipline, yeah, of power and love and discipline. That word timidity means fearfulness or cowardice. That God hasn't given us that kind of spirit. He's given us a power. It's the word dunamis. It's a Greek word, dunamis. We get the word dynamite from. Dynamite. I think that was a 70s uh, sitcom that was there. And that shows the power. We use dynamite as an explosive to do a quicker job than what we can do by hand or even by machine. It's because of the power that dynamite has. So what God is saying is this power, this love, this discipline, it comes from on high. It's a different kind of power. It's not going to be on our own strength. It's the power of his love. That word is agape. And that word agape is what is God's love. It's the Greek word agape. It's an unconditional love of affection or goodwill, benevolence. That God is saying, that's the kind of love I have for you. See, the discipline part that God says, this is the spirit I've given to you. It takes a lot of discipline to understand and implement God's love through us. Because we're going to revert back to our own selves. It's just our human nature to do that. But what is love anyway? It is, is Is love what the world defines? I mean, who defines love anyway? Is it that letter we used to get when we were in grade school that says, I love you? Or from your boyfriend or girlfriend that they put a heart next to it and, oh, they love me. What is love? Who defines what love is? Does mom or dad define love? Do our grandparents define love? And they do love us. But who defines love? Let's read John 4. Uh, John, uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse 8 together. We're going to read it loud and clear. Ready? Go. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So if the Bible is saying that God is love, who defines love? God defines love. See, sometimes the world wants to define love, but it does an inaccurate job at defining love because it's so broad. It say, no, love is this. No, love is that. No, that doesn't mean love. That's not the kind of love that we know about. No, this is love. And so love, that definition, the worldly definition, just blankets everything and says, no, love is like this. Just if everybody loves, then in the end, love wins. But it's an 
inaccurate definition of love. And the Bible says God is love. It's the clearest definition of love, that God is love. Now, genuine love simply comes from above. It doesn't come from within. It doesn't come from another person. It comes from God himself. That's genuine love. Now, does love compromise God's word? Does love twist God's word? Does love take away from God's word? Does love take the Bible apart and just use pieces from it? Does love take chapters from the Bible and just toss it out? No, love doesn't do that. Love includes every single word of God because God is love. If we want to truly love people, then we must truly know God. Because if we don't know him, how are we going to love people? How are we going to know the true definition of love? See, the world will counterfeit what love looks like. It feels good. It's, it's politically correct. It, it, it's accepted by groups or organizations or even religious beliefs. And so love is just thrown around. So what does love look like then? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says love is patient. Oh, that's a big one right there, patient. I mean, we always say that to each other. Isn't it, isn't it, the, isn't it the hardest uh, situation to be in when you're impatient and someone who is patient says, you just need to be patient, honey. Like, you want to karate chop their throat. Like, you just feel like that. But you don't because you're a believer. You love Jesus. So you don't do that. But you feel that. You feel like, how dare you tell me to be patient. You're not the one driving. You're not in this situation. Just hold on, dear. It's going to be fine. Just be patient. It's like in the situation, it's hard to be patient, but love is patient. Love is kind and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly, or it isn't rude. It does not seek its own, is is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Love never fails. Do you know that when we love genuinely with the love of God, a power comes with it in everything we do, including our relationships So you might think, oh, I'm failing in my relationship. Then ask yourself the question, am I receiving the power of love from God? And is he working that love in and through me when it matters the most? You know why I tell you stories about Heidi and I? First of all, because one, I I want you to know that Heidi and I go through stuff too. That I'm not immune to humanity. I know you think I'm Superman sometimes, but you know, I'm not. You're like, Psh, I'm not thinking you're Superman, Superwoman. But I tell you that because Heidi and I go through things too. And at the same time, it allows you to see a little bit of how we work through things through the power of God's love. That's why I give you examples of what Heidi and I go through so that you too can say, wait a minute, there's a difference when we operate in the power of God's love and I only tell you the, the stories that are victorious. We still struggle through other things too. So when those are good, I'll let you know. But we, we, we still struggle through things too. 
But if you, if you want to have a clear picture of what love looks like, not just in 1 Corinthians, you know, we just read through that list, but study the life of Jesus. Even if you're not a believer, study the life of Jesus because you'll know what love looks like. You'll see a clear picture of what looks like. That Jesus didn't rejoice in unrighteousness. He didn't rejoice when things were going bad. He did something about it. That's why he died on the cross for you and I. It was the power of love. Now, what does the power of God's love do? Why do we need it? What's the use? Well, first of all, we can all benefit from the power of God's love. And we're going to look at a couple of ways and and what that love looks like and, and how it helps us. The first thing is this, if you want to write some things in, that God's love empowers you. That's what it does. When you're powerless, God's power comes in and empowers you. And when I understand and when you understand God's love for us and we receive it, then his love empowers us to accomplish what we could never accomplish without it. That's how powerful his love is. 1 John 4, 19 says, we love because he first loved us. So if you're having a hard time loving someone else, you got to understand first how much God loves you. And now we can love God back. And through that kind of love, how we love God, it helps us now to love one another. That's why we love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the first thing we got to do. Otherwise, we're not going to know how to love other people. It's going to be a conditional love. And when you have a hard time loving someone else, usually you'll find that it's because you're trying to love from a wrong resource. You're bringing it from a condition. You're bringing it from your mood. If you're in a good mood, I treat someone well, that's love. I have a lot of money, I'm happy, I treat people well. I'm not grouchy. So that's love. But if we're not careful, now we're, we're drawing love from a wrong resource. And the true definition of love should be drawn from God. That, that love from above to give out to everyone else. Especially the people that are closest to us. Proverbs 10.12 says, Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. Did you know that when it comes to relationships, we fear rejection? Even in a marriage, you fear rejection. You fear how you're going to do certain things because you you feel you're going to be rejected. You feel sometimes that you don't want to take a risk because you're going to be humiliated. We even fear abandonment. Even in marriage, we have those fears. But 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love because perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But He who fears has not been made perfect in love. Some of you understand this principle. You've you've made many sacrifices. You sacrificed a career so that you can raise up your children. You sacrificed something for your family. Maybe right now you're making some sacrifices for your marriage and you're saying no to these things so that you can build your marriage. Whatever it is, there's a sacrifice there and there's no fear. Why? Because there's a perfect love that God is giving to your heart right now and into your life. And you're saying, I don't, I don't fear what's going to happen to us in our marriage because God's love is being given to us. And so we can continue to forge ahead. When I understood God's love for me and that he wanted that same love to empower me in my family, 
then it was easy to sacrifice certain things. It was easy for me to sacrifice the dreams that I had for myself. Once I understood God's love, and many of you are there right now, you understand his love, so it's easy to make sacrifices. Those of you who serve here in the church, easy to do that because you understand God's love for you. It's very easy to make sacrifices. But if I don't understand his love, sacrifices are hard to make. See, God's love empowers us to do what we could never do on our own. And when I, when I, when I had the sense of, I, I got to sacrifice these things for the betterment of my family, then God gave me a better picture of my life. And he actually ha- had me put together a mission statement for my life. Without the power of his love, I would not have that. So I had to come back to my life being more about other people than about myself. And I still struggle with that. I struggle about self all the time. That's why I need the power of his love. And so my mission statement is to release the dreams in others, starting with my own family. And I had to put that in there because I had to operate under the power of God's love. I couldn't do that for myself. And neither can you. If you're trying to make your family work together, you need the power of God's love. It's like you're using a screwdriver where the screw is a little stripped. And you're trying and trying and trying. It's not working. Your children are growing up. They're rebelling against you. Your your 10-year-old is turning into a teenager. And now it's different. Everything's changing about them. You need the power of God's love. And what I didn't realize is while I was working on releasing the dreams in my family, God was working on mine that I didn't even know of. All the desires that I had inside that he gave to me, he slowly started to put together. It was the power of his love. It's not mine. But now even today, I love my life. I I love what I do. Even with the struggles, even with the difficulties, because of the power of his love. Anytime I feel lonely or afraid, because I go through this stuff too, I I can rest assured that the power of his love is going to continue to move through my life. Here's the second thing. Love makes the impossible possible. Whatever seems impossible in your life is possible because of the power of love, the true definition of love. It's only possible because of God's love. See, we live in a temporary world that gives us temporary fixes, but here's the problem, for an eternal being. A temporary world giving temporary fixes and temporary solutions for an eternal being. That's you and I. Our souls are eternal. But the world can only offer temporary fixes. That's not the power of God's love. The power of God's love is eternal. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13 says, Three things will last, how long? Forever. Faith Hope and love. And the greatest of these is love. See, your faith will be attacked. People and extremists will attack your faith. They'll rob you of your hope or try to. And the world will try to paint an inaccurate picture of God's love. The world will do that. Now, why these three? Why faith, hope, and love? Well, because faith, hope, and love are eternal just like you and I. So it's going to attack those three areas. The greatest of these is love because it has the power to 
make what seems impossible possible. So that word love is going to be attacked all the time. It's, it's going to be diluted through the world. It's going to try to blend in the word love with everything else. But God is love. It's the true definition of love. Colossians 3.14 says, above all. Which means there are many things in this world that are important. But above all things, clothe yourselves with love, which is God's love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. That's what binds us. Now, is your, is your life out of harmony? Is your family out of harmony? Does your home lack harmony? Is, it, is there tension or stress? Harmony is not the issue, or tension is not the issue, or stress is not the issue. The issue is, are you clothing yourself with love? Are you clothed in it? And it's not just the world's definition of love where everything's happy. It's his love. Because even in unhappy situations, he can still give you the power of love. What about self-esteem? Maybe you feel like you're not worth anything. Or someone said something to you and it just devalued you. And now your esteem is low. The issue is not your worth. That's not the issue. The issue is, what are you finding your worth in? And when you clothe yourself with his love, you'll be in perfect harmony with him. And then he, the Lord, gives you worth. It's his worth. Not what other people say. It's, it's up to him. You might be in a season right now and we're heading into the holidays and tragedy struck your family. A loss of a loved one. Maybe an accident and, and now you don't know how you're going to pay the bills. You can't even buy your children Christmas gifts or whatever the case. And it's, it's like you're feeling the wrong time that this happened. It's like, why now? And something struck your life and you don't know what to do. Romans 8.28 gives us a promise. The promise is this. We know that God causes all things to work together for good. He doesn't cause all things to happen like that. But he causes all these things to work together for good to those who love God. To those who are called according to his purpose. See, he causes all these things to work together for good. Even the bad, yes, he can even cause the bad to work together for good. He can cause all these things to work together for good. To those who love God who are called according to his purpose. There are many people who don't love God. And all things aren't working together for good. In fact, it's probably one of the worst times of the year. But for those who love God, that's the promise. That he will cause all these things to work together for good. See, his love makes the ordinary extraordinary, the impossible possible. And here's the last thing that we need to understand. Love is an action. It's something that, is, it's something that happens. It's not something that is just felt. Love, love is not a feeling, although it can produce feelings. Love in itself is not the feeling, but it has feelings. God is love. God has feelings. But he in himself is not a feeling. But love is an action. God is an action kind of God. See, I can say I love Heidi, but if I never speak to her, I never hug her, I never compliment her, 
I never do things for her. I can say I love her. I can't even write it down. I can't even spray paint it on a wall. Make it look really nice. Get her cards and write, I love you. But never speak to her. And every time she says, good morning, I don't say a word. Every time she says, good morning, can I get a hug? Not hugging you. But I thought you said you love me. No, yeah, I say I love you. Love is an action. However, if I never said I love someone, but I show it by my actions, which one do you think they'd rather have? Yeah, they'd rather have the action. But here's what's so cool about God. Because God is love and we show love, after a while, we won't have a hard time even saying it. Some of us do. You know, like I tell my kids I love them all the time. Love you. Dad loves you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good night. Love you. Oh, love you too. I'll text them. Dad loves you. Oh, now they can text back. Love you too. See, it's, it's, it's more than just words. It's actually an action. And, and God is an action kind of God. Romans 13, 10, it says, love does no wrong to others. So love fulfills the requirements of God's law. In, in, in other words, to obey God, start with love, not law. Start with love. God set an example of love in action. Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The word, the key word there is demonstrates. God demonstrated that. He gave us an example. He showed us what love looks like, that he gave. He gave of himself, and he died so that we might live. That speaks to me as a husband. Sometimes I just got to die to myself, my selfish ways, so that Heidi can live, so that she can thrive. Not physically, but so that she could have life. Sometimes I suck the life out of her. But I got to add life. And that's what God did. He added life to us. And the question is, are there areas in our lives where we could say, oh, I've, I've been a great example of what love looks like. I've been a great example. And many of you have. You're doing that right now. You're providing. You're working hard. You're doing things that you normally wouldn't do except for the love of God. And you're making sacrifices. And maybe people don't even recognize it. In fact, you're making sacrifices right now that 99% of the time, no one will realize it. But God does. That's the power of his love. Maybe your children will never thank you for the sacrifices you made for them to eat and you miss a meal. They may never thank you for. So when you walk past your mom and go, hey, losing weight. No, she's starving because you're eating all the food. But you have a thankful heart. God gave that to you. We all have it. It's in there. It takes the power of God's love to bring that out. Maybe you're thinking, oh, there are errors in my life. Yikes, I, I need to do better in demonstrating my love towards others. Because love is an action. It's an action. Sometimes we have expectations. God bless you. We have expectations on people. And sometimes that expectation says, no, they're supposed to do that. Well, that's their job. That's what I pay them for. And although true, a simple thank you is only possible through the power of God's love. Because we're going to have all the reasons. Love is an action. When, let's just say you have children and you, someone watches them. And you're paying them. 
you actually say thank you. But when your mom or dad does, it's like expected. Yeah, we'll say thank you, but are we really, really thankful? Now, only you will know that because love is an action. And God demonstrated love so well. The most famous scripture in the Bible, John 3, 16. Let's read this together. Ready? Go. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Oh, the power of God's love. He said, I gave. His love is action. He gave. He did something about it. And when you're through practicing a worldly love, then God will love the world through you. When we're done practicing a worldly love, then God will love the world through you. And then the world will see a clear definition of what love really is. And it's not the world's fault that it doesn't know what true love looks like. It actually started within the church. That we, as God's people, have been modeling it poorly for the world to see the true definition of what love is. But not after today. After today, I believe that the power of his love is going to move in and through us in such a way that people are going to see a different kind of love. Because a worldly love is selfish, but God's love is selfless. It gives. John 15, 13 says, greater love has no one than this, that one laid down his life for his friends. Talk about an unselfish kind of love. We've seen friends like that in family. They'll drop everything for you. Some will expect something in return. That's a worldly love. The ones that don't, that's not a worldly kind of love. That's the power of God's love. See, the power of love, God's love, makes us a better us. That's what it does. Galatians 5.14 says, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's the power of God's love. During this season, you're going to have a hard time with your neighbors, the person that works right next to you, the people that pass you by every single day, but God says, this one word fulfills everything about what I've spoken about, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, don't we hate it when we get angry and then we do something that we regret? Later on, we're thinking, oh, why did I do that? Now I've got to fix the wall. In anger, we did those things. But if anger is what you want, and if hate and anger is all you want, you'll soon realize after probably some time, that his love is all you need. Because sometimes it feels good to hate. Sometimes it feels good to be angry because it justifies our actions. But God says love has a different kind of action. And when all you want is hate and, 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 and anger, that's all you want, it won't be too long that you'll realize that all you needed was God's love. And it does something to our hearts. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13 says, Watch, 
Stand fast in the faith. Be brave. Be strong. Let all that you do be done with love. All that you do, everything you do, be done with love. Everything. Put love into it. The power of God's love. Not a human love. Not a conditional kind of love where I expect certain things. Because the success rate in your life, the up and down success rate of your life, will rise or fall according to the power of love. And that's what's going to happen. If you're doing things for selfish reasons, even in a company, people will pick up on it. But if you're doing it under the power of his love, oh, people will say, that person, brilliant. Brilliant. Their customer service, amazing. Why? Because of the power of God's love. You and I should exemplify what love truly is more than anyone else in this world. John 14, 15 says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Like batteries are to our cell phone. And boy, we hate it when our phone goes down to 1%. We're looking for a plug somewhere. It's like, I got to plug in. Just like batteries are to our phones and it gives that power to our phones is how love gives power to our life we just need God to recharge us because we get depleted but it's only possible through the power of his love 1 Peter 4, 7 and 8 says that the end of the world is coming soon. We don't know how soon is. You're soon and God's soon, completely different. Just like how you say to someone, hey, I'm coming home soon. Two hours later, like, where were you? I was coming home. I was on my way home. Soon was 15 minutes. Well, your soon and God's soon, my soon, is different. Therefore, the Bible continues, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, Continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sin. See, what sin weakens you in, love will give you the strength for. Because we're going to drift from God. We're going to reject God. We're going to rebel against Him. We're going to feel like He left us. We're going to feel like He forsaken us. We're going to feel that. We're going to have a sense of, wow, well, God, if you loved me, then why is this happening? We're going to feel that. But he doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. He doesn't take away. He gives. Even what looks like something that was taken away, if you really think about his love, it's something he's giving. Is it because... God doesn't know what he's doing? Is it, is it because God is a, a flippant kind of God? He just, one way he feels, one day he feels one way, the other he feels another way? No, it's, it's because of the power of God's love. He does things that we may never understand, but it's all under the power of his love. So at any time you question God, which is okay, just come back to him and try to think about the power of his love. Even take these notes and just look at these scriptures. That's why we have this many scriptures for you and I this morning. So that at any time we doubt his love, one of those scriptures will speak to you. And maybe, who knows, that someone would see your life and they'll be changed 
Not because you're crazy. No. It's because of the power of love. And maybe they'll get connected back to God because of you. Amen. Would you pray with me this morning? You can put away your notes and your Bibles. Lord, we just thank you for the power of your love. You're an amazing God. You've given us a future and a hope. You've given us a love that no one else can give. And you demonstrated it. You showed us what love looks like because love is an action. Love empowers us. Your love empowers us. It also allows what is impossible to be possible. It looks like things are falling apart, but no, it's, it's, it's possible that things can be stronger because of your love. When we feel lonely, we can trust in the power of your love that you'll strengthen us. So I pray for all of us this morning that as we leave here, we will leave not with our own definition nor the world's definition of love, but we would leave with your definition of the power of love. If you receive that this morning, could you just say amen together? Amen.